Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and my special guest today is Jaina Sateri. Jaina is a, has a passion and obsession for driving deep into complex problems, creating innovation solutions, and curating compelling stories. She is also in her last semester of her Bachelor of Administration Co-op in Information Systems at Goodman School of Business. In her spare time, Jaina is a proud Lego collector, I'll have to talk more about that, a Bollywood dancer, and a dog mom to Zuko, your three-month-old golden doodle. How special. Hey, Jaina, welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> me too, me too. How's the puppy? Oh my gosh, he's so cute. He's definitely got lots of um, energy and taking up lots of my time, but he is absolutely a big snug bug, so he Aww. gets away with it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, I'll just see some pictures later. Um, as we were talking, it's been such a, a long time since we've chatted over coffee, and I always enjoyed our coffee chats. So this is going to be a lot of fun today. So um, let's go for some of those get to know you questions. So for our audience and other people tuning in can get to know you a little better. So what is your favorite most used emoji? Um, for me, it's the one with the eyes that looks like he's kind of crying because I've been sending my friends a lot of um, dog pictures and puppy pictures. Um, so it's very like, oh my gosh, so cute. And then with those little crying cute eyes, that's, that's uh -huh. my. <laughs> I thought you would have had the puppy emoji. I know you would think, but I'm like, I'm not going to go basic with the puppy emoji. Not I go basic. like, it's just cute. <laughs> yeah, change it up. Um, if you could eat one food, just one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's ketchup. I have ketchup by like the leader. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Are you serious? Really? On everything? Yeah. yeah, on everything. Like my little cousins chicken are always doesn't there, like, matter? Yeah, chicken doesn't matter. Indian food, like anything. It's oh bizarre. my god you're my first ketchup that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right well that's, that's an interesting food okay so uh favorite way to spend a day off uh playing with my dog of course of course <laughs> do you hit the snooze button or wake up immediately oh i'm a i'm a hundred percent snooze i must my alarms are like six six fifteen six seventeen so that it's like i can I can't predict my snooze, but that means I have to get up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's, I don't know. I, I, we had another guest on Jake Bradshaw that had one of those, uh, what is it called when you, those waking alarms that get brighter yeah, and yeah. maybe you need one of those. I do. I've, I've tried those ones that even monitor your sleep. So you get up at the best time and I just can't, I'm just like, but I'll, it's just two more minutes, two more minutes. My bed is so warm. <laughs> What is your what is your favorite word? This is a hard one. It was I was going between a few, but I ended up sticking with resilient. I think it is just an overarching theme of like my whole life. So I I really like the word resilient. It has like oh a shine God. to it. <laughs> Absolutely. And these days, resilience is definitely one of those key skills that, that we need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's also I like the word because it's it doesn't encourage like burnout. It's more you can take on the challenges in, in a way that you want to. Um, that's why I like that word. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so let's get into it. 
Um, many individuals like you have made that high school to post-secondary to school work transition. And um, I wanted to see if you might be able to share a little bit about your overall journey, your transitions, and maybe what you've learned along the way. Yeah, so from um, for even from high school, I would say like I wasn't one of those people that knew exactly what I wanted to do. I kind of just followed what I did like and I knew I really liked business because I did DECA and I was like oh this is really fun like I could see myself as like a business kid but I don't know what that meant so that's what kind of led me to university and being in like a bachelor of business administration I was like I know I like business but I have no idea what I'm going to do with it um, but let me lean into this a little bit and I was able to use like my co-ops and some like extracurricular experiences to kind of like explore what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, and I would say like one lesson I learned from that is like some of my most successful kind of moments happened right after really big moments of uncertainty. So um, for example, my first co-op, I remember getting the interview and it was for a team called Enterprise Architecture. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. Why did, what in the heck? Like, are, are you sure? Like, is it me that you actually want to hire? And, and then I got hired and I was like, I have no idea about any of this tech stuff. I am on a team with engineers and I'm like, I'm a business kid. Like, what, what am I doing here? Um, but then I decided to lean into it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what I don't know, but what, can I figure out? What can I start to learn? What do I like to learn about? Um, and I was able to be really successful in my first co-ops and then come back for um, multiple co-ops with business analysts and technical analysts. Um, and now I'm actually going to be coming back full time with RBC. So that's really, really exciting. So um, that when I was reflecting kind of on my five years since I'm in my last year, I realized that that when it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty and you don't know what's going on and you're not really sure, like just sit with it, like try to write it out because there's usually something successful or something good that's coming on the other side of it, um, that's, which helped in the pandemic as well. <laughs> yeah. And that's really insightful. I, I noticed over and all the last few weeks doing these podcasts that you know, a lot of us are programmed for like instant gratification or wanting to know right away where we're going. And I like that you went there because um, it's okay, right? To let things kind of fall in line and, and and enjoy the ride, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's from, I can be a little bit um, like organized and a little bit controlling. So I, I it's hard for me to do that. But I think with the pandemic, it's one of those things where like everything is so uncertain what can I sit with? Like, what can I do? What can I control? And knowing that I'm just like, yeah, something is going to be on the other side of this. And there, I don't know what it is yet, but day by day, we'll, we'll figure out a piece by piece what the other side might look like. Sure, for sure. And in that journey, um, how, how did networking sort of play out in, in learning more about yourself or meeting people um, as part of that? That experience. Yeah, um, networking was pretty weird and foreign to me. 
I, um, Brian, I still remember the first time that I networked at my first IBC co-op. I was supposed to be coming to one of the Wellington buildings. I was so nervous because this big director and I was going to come into the room. I better be professional. Um, and I showed up to the wrong building. I was like running up and down the stairs, trying to ask random people on the seventh floor of the wrong building for me to realize that there was a second building that was on Wellington and then running into your coffee chat late and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like that was so disrespectful. Um, but then you being like completely like normal and like very relaxed. And I was like, oh, I was freaking myself out a lot for something that nobody really saw because it was a common thing so that kind of theme of like me um worrying maybe about what you know being a little bit nervous you know sure. what am I going to say what am I going to do um that held a lot of it like it was a very common experience for me in the beginning of networking of not knowing but I found that with networking I really had to just keep doing it and persevere and being resilient because the first maybe one or two coffee chats really awkward like I'm like okay I prepared all these questions but they're they're kind of like general so then the conversation would go a little bit dry I was like okay maybe next time I'll prepare like one or two questions that are personal to them like let me do a little bit more research and then I tried that and that worked well and then learning to kind of feed off of questions and follow-up questions in a conversation um, also I think helped with networking yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, you know, really, I talk about it. It's a skill. Mm -hmm. right? it, it's something you have to, it's, it's not, and, it, and even culturally for people or even, um, you know, go network and it's, you know, not necessarily even taught in school. It's not taught. And it's something you actually have to practice. I would say it's like riding a bike. You get better at it when you, when mm -hmm. you get more experience, but I do remember that. And you know what? It was uh it was a good way to kick off getting to know you and um and it's it's been amazing just seeing your journey over the years. So uh all good there, no worries. So on that note, um talking about networking not being taught in school, but maybe um this is a question I asked is about something that you've gone through or experienced and realized that wow, it would be really good if if this was caught in school, whether it be high school or university and me reflecting on that, is there anything there that you wish was somewhat discussed or talked more about in school? Yeah, um, I think from my experiences in university and in high school, I think mental health isn't actually talked about enough. And for me, I, I really didn't start realizing how everything is so connected to your mental health when it comes to like performance and work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that no, is not necessarily taught. Like we, we talk about it in a sense of bell, let's talk like bell health, let's talk day for like mental health. Um, but like the actual day to day of what it looks like when you're stressed out, like what can you do? Or if you're feeling anxious or, you know, you have social anxiety or some, something like that. And, being having those conversations of what that actually looks like on a day to day for different people, and then how to manage it on your own, I think is something that I didn't start learning about till university, where things were a little bit more accessible. But I realized how like tied that was to me being confident in like a presentation or in the workplace, like, 
I realized there was there's like a own like a, almost like a, a mental barrier that was holding me back from what I thought I could be um, like my overall success. Um, so I find that people don't talk enough about it unless you've experienced it. And that's what makes it hard. Um, and I think we should just be talking about it a little bit more openly. Thank you for for sharing that. And I I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it's it's one of the topics and one of the things that we're we I guess through COVID nineteen and some of the pandemic um, pieces were it's maybe opened that box a little bit more, but um, not enough. And I I like what you're saying about like. It's it's something that, you know, one might talk about their physical well-being or, you know, you know, going to the doctors and being physically fit, but mental well-being is as important, if not more important, when you think about how it interacts with what you your daily life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something as simple as like when you're not when you feel like you're in a rut, the the something that I learned was just the sun can actually like lift your mood like chemically lift your mood and Mm -hmm. something like I didn't know that and I was like are you serious like if I go outside for 15 minutes you're telling me I'm gonna feel better even if I just walk outside and like yes that that's true and I feel like some people don't realize like um like there's like the 30 minutes a day that you should get like physical activity outside and it's not just for like your health your heart like it's for your mental health as well it's a really good like clearing like it's so good yeah good Good insights and good advice for some of our listeners as they're thinking about that, like, get up between those, you know, classes or conference calls or video calls and stick your head outside, get some sun. <laughs> Even if it's just sitting on the porch for like two seconds while you're like listening to a class or something like it can really it has a powerful shift in your like your mentality, I find. Okay, well, after this, I have sunshine on my back patio yes. steps. I'm going to go sit and. <laughs> Just put my face in the sun for a few minutes and maybe it'll give me some boost. <laughs> Guaranteed um, about. <laughs> so getting a bit more personal now and wanting to share, um, hopefully wanting to share with me and our guests. Um, I always like to ask about some of the challenges or biggest challenges you might have had in life and how how you've overcome that. Yeah, um, I think it's still... Um... The reason why I think mental health is such an important conversation is because of that. It's for me, I've dealt a lot with like anxiety and um, a little bit of like imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So um, I think externally, I do a relatively good job of quote unquote hiding it, but it's something that almost like festers inside. So for me, that has been the most challenging part for me because it's taxing. Like, I know I want to be going out and doing things and, you know, making presentations or, um, you know, driving, you know, meeting with people or networking, but you feel like there's this barrier kind of on you. So how do I get rid of that? Like, I don't want to hold on to that anymore. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was that personal journey of like going out, seeking help, accessing resources and and like leaning in to when I was feeling like those negative thoughts and recognizing that okay this is right now I need to just take a step back understand what may have created this like cycle of negative thoughts that I feel like I can't do it or I can't you know 
finish? Why do, why do I keep putting off this assignment when I, it's really simple. Like I could do it if I sat down for two hours and do it, but what's, why, where is this coming from? Um, and kind of learning to take a little bit of like a self check. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, like my, my mental health has been probably one of the most challenging things, especially in the pandemic, um, because I don't have that external uh, like social aspect because I can be a bit of an extrovert. So I can gain energy from being around other people just to get out of your head. Um, but with social distancing and like Zoom calls after a while, it doesn't quite, it's not quite the same. Um, so for me, finding ways to how am I filling my cup back up again? Um, do I sit down and make a Lego? That was one of the ways. That's why I became an actual a Lego collector is because I found it was very, it filled my cup up. Like I, they, Lego has this like line of, um, they call it Lego like architecture. So it's like land, they're, they're like scenescapes of like, uh, like London or New York or something like that. And you build that and it's, it's quite relaxing and Zen. Um, so that's finding ways to like fill up my own cup. Wow. Wow. That's, I, I never knew Legos had like yeah, yeah. that as well. That's cool. Um, but yeah, to your points, um, thank you again for, for sharing. I think, you know, most importantly for these conversations I've, I've had with you before and I've had with others is, you know, being vulnerable and sharing because we all learn from each other. And so thank you um, for sharing that, that, that personal journey and um, how important it is and, and talking about filling your cup up. I, I like that analogy. Um, yeah. It's something that, um, yeah, it, it resonates well. And thank you for sharing that. Um, one of the quotes I read when I was putting this podcast idea together, and it just happened to be something I came across was, yesterday's dreams aren't always today's realities. And I really, I really kind of thought about that. And I thought, why don't I put that in the show? Because, you know, priorities do change and not necessarily for bad reasons, for good reasons. Maybe you learned something new about yourself and you're now wanting to do this. Um, but in, if you think about some of the things that you've experienced and, and some of your journey stories, um, have priorities changed for you and, and, and why? Yeah, um, I would say my priorities have changed. Like I, again, I wasn't somebody that had a dream of like, oh, I really wanted to do this. Like, I really want to be in investment banking. Like I was never one of those people. So I just always had um, an idea of like, I wanted to do good. And I mm -hmm. wanted to make sure my, the things that I was doing um, made me happy and was able to help other people. So in that sense, I don't think my priorities have changed because I've always kind of leaned into that through like volunteer work um, and like volunteering with like academic clubs and, you know, putting on events for students to gain skills. Um, I found that that, although very time consuming and taxing at the end of the day, like when for me, like when one student leaves knowing that like, oh, yeah, like now I know how to use like Power BI or now I can confidently like self-advocate for myself and networking. I feel like I've done my piece. Like I've made an impact on somebody and that could have changed their life. Um, so for me, that priority of always making sure I'm doing things because they have impact and they're making people's lives better. Um, that hasn't changed, but um, 
prioritizing my time to do that has been difficult. I think at the beginning, I was saying like the beginning of my university career, I was saying yes to everything. So I thought I could make impact with a bunch of different things. I was on a dance team. I was on a club like and time wise, it was very, very taxing. Like for dance, we would be up until like two, three o'clock in the morning with a full time like school schedule. Like it, I was not sleeping much. So in that sense, my time was being deposited in a lot of different things, which made it hard to make an impact and feel like I was making change. So um, the priority of maybe my time has changed because now I've learned where to deposit it. I'm like, okay, I have to say no to that thing so I can make the value of this event much better. So I can spend, you know, writing really good captions or writing, speaking, uh, reaching, reaching out to really good speakers and researching them. Like I've learned to deposit my time, I think, better. That's a great, really good insights. And, you know, I think it's, it's doing more with less to impact more almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's been probably the biggest change over time is that knowing that I wanted to make a big impact, but how to do it more effectively. And that was saying no to some things in order to spend time digging deep on like a problem, like I mentioned in our intro. Yeah, that's really, really insightful and great advice for people because I think as other students are listening or, you know, first going off maybe to their first year of school this fall and wanting to get involved it's it's good that you want to get involved but from a priorities time commitment um you know there's a lot of change that happens when you go away from home and go to school and so allow yourself to flex right like get used to being away from home possibly or the the schedule of classes which you know are very different than a high school curriculum and then volunteering um you know i think it's some great advice Yeah, I definitely had a little bit of FOMO, though, when I remember when I first started, I probably was saying yes to everything, because I just didn't want to miss out on everything. I was like, well, you know, I might, you know, do something really cool there. And then, oh, that sounds like a really good opportunity there. So that adjustment of, of like, you know, going from high school to university of everything kind of changing all at once, just being mindful of that 100% of like what you're putting your time towards. Yeah, really, really good advice. Um, so another topic I'd like to talk about is uh, values. So I've been having a lot of conversations on values and skills and trying to get individuals to, like yourself and students to talk more about who they are from not what they do, but who they are. And <clears throat> I think that really changes also the interviewing process and the conversation starters for networking and you know, and we've talked about this too, like humanizing yourself on LinkedIn and writing blogs yeah. and sharing about who you are. Um, I I feel like at the core of it, that's that's really where we need to go. You know, credentials and GPA are being less um, emphasized in, in, in that school to work transition and more about values and skills. So maybe if you didn't mind maybe sharing a little bit about how you would describe yourself from values and skills and how that's enabled you to... Uh, to do what you've been doing. Yeah, I this has always been something that I struggled with when I started my first co-op because my inkling would be to describe myself using my work kind of descriptions and I realized that I'm still somebody outside of work and what makes me so good at work is the values that I have in like 
who I am as a person. So for me, I would say I'm like values and like describing me. I'm, I'm quirky. I'm curious. I'm um, energetic and I'm social. I do like people, um, but I also like a challenge. So I'm very determined. Um, I find myself getting lost in things very quickly. And if I kind of have my mindset to something, I'm most likely going to find a way to do it, aka my dog. I, my parents have been saying no for years, and I sat them down. I made a PowerPoint presentation. I pitched it like a strategy. So that value of like being quirky and finding new ways to kind of present challenges um, for me extends everywhere but and I've tried to also do what you're saying of like humanizing yourself on LinkedIn um, and writing articles about those values of like you know not being perfect and being that quirky self and um, kind of overcoming challenges so I I'm definitely like curiosity and challenge and quirky are kind of the words I like to use to describe myself (laughs) I love it. Um, if we were in person, I'm smiling ear to ear. because like, <laughs> I totally, I agree with those. And uh, not that I need to agree because it's who you are, but, but I've witnessed that and seen you. And, and I think that's what makes everyone and that makes you special, right? Like that's who you are. And, um, and that's, I'd love the conversation starter, you know, where you, you used to think of it about describing you as, as your work and what you do, but and that's interesting, but that's not what we should lead with when, you know, someone says, so how are you? How are you? And who are you? You know, um, I'm like, well, I am this job and this is what I do. And yeah. I think that's like the default setting. I think when you first learn to network um, as like, yeah, this is who I am. This is my background. Let me take this opportunity to talk about this. But then I think as you start to network, I've realized and I'm like, people just like to talk about themselves and people are so interesting and they all have their own stories and reasons why they're in a position that extent outside of work. And those are the conversations that I think make my networking really, really successful of like, oh, like that must have been a really difficult change to, you know, be in a new team or, you know, to start a, leave a company and come to this, you know, big organization or vice versa, go small what was that like for you personally? Like what, like those are the, when you really dig into someone's personal story when, when appropriate, like it can be a much more meaningful connection, I find. Wow, this show is just chock full of insights and learnings and knowledge sharing. I, I, I really hope our listeners are taking notes from you and, and hearing this because these are so many of the things that, um, you know, sometimes can be barriers or just somehow you're going down this path and you think this is the way to do it. And mm-hmm. so thank you so much for sharing, um, sharing your journey, because I, I do. I hear a lot of things that you've, you know, somewhat figured out and you're sharing that with people here today, which is the whole purpose of this discussion. And and of course, to catch up with you. But um, as we close out the show, I, I can't believe we're getting to the end of it. But you know, I wanted to see if you had any specific advice or lessons or learnings that you might want to leave with, you know, some of those students thinking about going off to school or a current student that's maybe a peer of yours or even yeah. someone maybe like a career counselor who might be listening in today. Is there anything, anything you'd yeah. like to share? Yeah, I have, I have a few things because in conversations this year with other students that are in their first and second year, I realized 
Um, specifically for networking, I remember a student reached out to me over the summer just to kind of ask me about my experiences at RBC. And I said, he's like, how can I better position myself? I was like, when you network, don't network to get a job. Like in the sense of network to meet people because you're generally and like genuinely interested in what they're doing. And, you know, have a, be like a conversationalist about it. Don't kind of look for an ulterior motive at the end of the conversation because people can tell. Um, people can tell when you're kind of leading into something. So when you network, like have a conversation with somebody, Act, you know, pretend like you're kind of meeting a friend and, you know, for the first time, like what would you ask them um, in that tone? Um, so I would say that about networking. And he's like, huh, I never thought about it. I, I remember the student, he was like, I never thought about it like that um, because he was looking into like the finance industry. And in that, I guess he was very used to like, okay, who can I ask? What, what questions do I need to ask? What can I prepare? And I said, well, like get to know that person. That people that you're probably meeting have amazing stories that you can tap into. Um, so that one um, for networking. And for students, I think joining university and kind of navigating this whole world, um, listen to kind of like your inner center and notice when you're like getting lost in things, meaning like you get, you're, you're losing time because you, you lost track of time. You're like, oh, I didn't realize I was sitting here for an hour reading this article or you know you fell down a hole of researching because that that might indicate like an interest for you or like something that you might want to discover or you know follow as a career path I didn't know technology was something I wanted to be in but I noticed I was like researching a lot and like you know enjoying my time look learning about conversational technology and AI and stuff like that so I leaned into it. So I would encourage as students are kind of entering university to list, kind of observe themselves and see where they're leaning into and losing time and follow that and dig into it. Great, great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Don't lead with the job, lead with the passion, mm -hmm. um, leaning into yourself and your inner core and what you're hearing yourself say and, and pay attention to that. Jenna, like this has been such an amazing conversation and, um, it always it always is, and we need to keep up our coffee chats and connect more frequently. I feel it's been a little while. Absolutely, this has been awesome. It's so great catching up with you, and I feel like you have been part of like my full circle journey at RBC. You were here when I started in my beginning of the year, and now I'm graduating. So it's it's you're a common line in my university degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been such a pleasure and it's this, and it will continue to stay connected and congratulations on the full-time opportunity. So, uh, so for our listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. Please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery and until next time, please stay well. <laughs>